It's back for 2014, the Football Sack Podcast for Brazil. Brought to you by Banking on Football. Hello everybody once again and welcome to the Football Sack Podcast with me, Jack Quigley and Christian Leyland. That's me. And Pat Flarty. Yeah, mate. I'm good. Uh, we are going to talk about the World Cup, as we always do on this show. I don't really need to say that in the, the intro. I think people have got the gist of it. So we, are, we only really talk about the World Cup some of the time. Yeah, for yeah. like a good 10% of the show. <laughs> um, the show that he has brought to you, uh, thanks to Southern Cross University and Banking on Football, who have uh, a couple of competitions going that people should go and check out uh, to celebrate Tim Cahill scoring at his third World Cup Finals. They're giving away a Socceroos shirt with Tim Cahill's name and number on the back. you just got to go to bankingonfootball.com slash win and enter your details. And whilst you're there, also, there's another competition to uh, win a framed, signed Barcelona jersey signed by uh, Lionel Messi, which is worth checking out for any football fan. Apparently, he's not a bad player. Yeah, I've heard he's he's in good form actually, and we'll we'll talk about that in uh, in just a moment. So actually, let's let's start off uh, with the Argentina Switzerland game, which now we we did joke uh, in the past about how I seem to be cursed, how every game in this tournament has been great, but the odd one that I've seen. <laughs> has been crap, and if I've missed it, it's been a ripper. So I thought, nah, I'm not missing any more football this World Cup. <laughs> Woke up early this morning, had to sit through that snooze fest. How bad was it? Mate, I reckon we should pay you not to watch the World Cup now. Yeah, just for the sake of everybody else. There's a difference between playing on the break and just not playing. <laughs> and parking the bus. Yeah. Colombia play on the break, beautifully. Yeah. Australia played on the break, beautifully. USA this morning. USA played on the break, beautifully. Switzerland, for most of the tournament, played on the break, beautifully. Switzerland against Argentina. Yeah, Switzerland team just remind me of a team that's coached by Holger Ossie. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny that you say that because uh, it leads in nicely into my first joke of the day, which was I was watching the game and obviously the performance was extremely defensive and a few of the quotes that are going around afterwards from, from some of the pundits, they had uh, our old friend Pim Verbeke uh, who described uh, Switzerland's tactics as reckless, unnecessarily <laughs> attacking, didn't like the selection of star forward Shakiri, wanted to go with a more of a Richard Garcia type player. That's, that's what you need in that sort of situation. So, yeah, interesting. I love his insights. Yeah, interesting. Mm. That you brought that up, so we'll talk about Mr. Shakiri. He was he was quite good uh, quite again small. when he got a chance. Quite small, yeah. He it's disappointing the World Cup's over, so he'll go back to his day job as the midget in the Jackass movies. <laughs> <laughs> We're saying they play really defensive, but the crazy thing is they actually had enough chances to win the game. Well, they had a fantastic chance to equalise right at the end, which one of the English commentators referred to as a great header. If you miss from two yards out twice, <laughs> that's not great. It's like Bindi and saying Croatian played really well yeah, in the, the first video. Yeah, the dish of uh, Croatian. Oh, predictor, remember those days? Oh, that, it, that literally seems like 2010, the last one. Hey, I'll tell you one thing. We haven't checked in with our uh, Marema Sheepdog. That's true. Oh, we should do that. Yeah, we'll do it during the break. We'll come back and tell you how he's going. At the end of the show, stay tuned. If, they, if that hasn't got you keen for the end of this show uh, to go with the SBS social hub, then I don't know what will. One really good chance early on for Switzerland was uh, Josip Dirimic, one-on-one with the keeper. What do we make of that finish, the, the chip? Well, mate, I heard the referee was actually put his whistle to his mouth. He's going to call a back pass to Reels. He's actually a Swiss player. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, last time I saw a chip that bad, I had to call Windscreens O'Brien. <laughs> it looked like he nearly hit it fat. He hit it fat. Yeah, it hit a lot of grass before the <laughs> this is Pat and I playing golf. That's how we we sort of. That's uh, our game. Yeah, we think. Yeah, I'll, I'll just I'll chip over this bunker and land it on the green, and then we get a, a whole heap of dirt goes flying, and the ball goes straight in the bunker. Yeah. Uh, that was the equivalent. I'm going to defend Switzerland here in terms of their playing style, though, because you might have seen the World Cup. There's a lot of sponsorship boards, Nike's uh, campaign, which is all in or nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of these teams here have gone.
gone all in. A lot of that. So Nike actually tapped them on the shoulder and said, look, mate, we need Switzerland. Someone's going to do nothing. Someone's going to do nothing. Switzerland <laughs> said, yep, we did that last World Cup. We can do it again. Yeah, yeah. Well, well spotted. Yeah, so frustrating game to watch. Football, certainly, for me, you've got to go out and try and win the game, not try not to lose it. And they, Switzerland were paying for penalties from minute one. Just in the second half, it looked like the whole team was just all Ben Halloran's. Passes were not going to people. <laughs> They were just losing the ball left, right, and centre. It was yeah. just a shocking performance. After I watched them against France in that second half, they actually looked all right, even though they were getting smashed. They, were, they looked good, but just this game, they were just terrible. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree with, uh, with that summation. Uh, Craig Foster, his uh, summation of the game during his tweets during the game, obviously. Uh, now, Fozzy, we, we know that he's quite fond of all things Barcelona mm. and uh, Tiggy Taka. <laughs> I was following his timeline this morning. At one point, seven of his last ten tweets were about Messi. <laughs> <laughs> and Les Murray, I don't know if you've noticed, Les tweets mostly just possession stats now. He popped up on my timeline a few times. It was just possession stats. Pat, uh, you mentioned that you sat through uh, 115 minutes of that and then took a shower just when it got good. Yeah, I was thinking to myself, oh, I'll have a 10-minute shower, and by the time I get out, it'll be penalties. penalties. Yep. And when I got out, that, oh, mate, let's just take the last kick of the game. Kick. Yep. And, and it was 1-0 down. I'm yeah, like, you're kidding me. And you'd missed all the action. I missed all the action, yeah. apparently. Greg Bukowski from The Guardian said that the finish to this game on the back of the whole match just going flat was the equivalent of watching a madcap sprint finish to a flat Tour de France stage. <laughs> I, I thought it was very apt because those flat Tour de France stages, just nothing happens for yeah. like three hours and then the last 20 metres it gets exciting. So good analogy, I thought. Argentina are through and will face Belgium. Belgium. And that segues nicely into our second game of the day. So, Christian, this was your game. Your beloved USA have bowed out. And I, I have to say, I, I'd almost put them down as my beloved USA. I was really behind them this morning. So, uh, we said it was going to be a cracking match. Mm. Weren't, weren't disappointed. That was fantastic to watch. I, I would watch that 120 minutes over again. I reckon it was the, the match of the tournament so far. Yeah, it was. And it was just fan- compelling watching. And Ned Zelich in the studio, just, I can't believe this is still going. Yeah, oh, had a hard on. I can't believe. <laughs> yeah, he just he couldn't believe it. I think the the, over, the overriding feeling from uh, Ned Zilch was disbelief. Um, but Christian, your thoughts on the game, mate? The big USA fan here on the panel. Right, it was just a great game. I thought, uh, taking off my red, white, and blue tinted glasses, I think Belgium had the best of it for most of the match. Oh, you think? <laughs> when one team's goalkeeper makes a world record number of saves, they might have edged it. Yeah, but carry on. For those who know, uh, yeah, Tim Howard, 16 saves, which is a record in World Cup finals. Yeah, fantastic. Mm. USA just, they did what they do best. They just hold on, hold on, hold on, and almost snatched at the end. So they had that chance before full time, which they could have... Uh, Called that game over before it even went to extra time, but then they came back again. That last four or five minutes, they really should have got that equalizer. They had the chances, didn't mm. they? Mm. One, I thought that was going to be a big blow for them early when they lost the right back Johnson because he was fantastic mm. so far for them with those overlapping runs. Uh, but the bloke that filled in at right back, I thought was probably their best player. He was outstanding. It was like Cafu bombing down the right hand <laughs> wing in days of old. But a wonderful match, and USA can go home very proud of their efforts because they threw. Uh, well, you, you can sort of don't say they threw everything at Belgium, but they did. I think what they could have done to pretty much a hundred percent to try and win that match. Yeah, correct. So they went out the same stage last year, but went home disappointed because their performance was quite. Could have beaten Ghana. They could have they? beaten Ghana. Their performance yeah. was was rubbish yeah. and not up to what they were capable of. With this performance, was yeah, especially that, that last twenty minutes. You know, that's what the USA are all about. It sort of seemed like Michael Bradley didn't really get his foot on the ball and start to dictate the game until extra time, though. And when mm. he did, he was brilliant, which we know he can be. But it was frustrating that it took him so long to get into the game. He was a bit frustrated. I don't know what that was about, but you're completely right. Once he did get in the game, he did really well. He set up the goal for Julian Green, who I want to bring some attention because I don't think a lot of people know his story. It's a 19-year-old kid 
He is the USA's youngest ever player at a World Cup. He has played less than 45 minutes of professional football his entire life, and he scores a goal his first ever touch in the World Cup. He's off to a good start, but uh, Freddie Adu was once proclaimed to be the next Pele, so let's see if uh, this uh, Mr. Green is still around in four years' time, or he'll be playing in Portugal. Yeah, he get picked after 45 minutes of professional football. Well, it's just got to be a scouting job, doesn't it? The, the coach has seen something and well, paid off, scored mm, with his mm. first touch, and was well taken. Yeah, it was very well played. The, the pass from Bradley, actually, we should mention, was unreal. How good was that ball? Yeah, very, very good. And that's the thing. That's why you keep Bradley on, even if he's been a bit rubbish in a game. So he just produces that sometimes out of nowhere. Mm. He, it, lo- he looks like Gary Ablett Jr., and he, that ball, that vision was something Gary Ablett Jr. <laughs> would have been proud of. Yeah. This Julian Green guy, he's uh, caused a lot of controversy in his selection because many saw it as Lyndon Donovan was sacrificed for his inclusion. Ah, okay, right. Mm. Well... I think uh, we'll put a point to uh, Mr. Klinsman on that one. Yes, yes. Have you seen the ad, EA Sports ad, with Landon Donovan? No, I haven't. So they're making fun of the fact he's not there. So he wakes up in the morning as he's toast. He's got all this World Cup memorabilia around his house. And he's like eating toast and just, just you know, bats the World Cup out of the way because he's angry. But then he just starts playing FIFA, scores the winning goal in FIFA. And you see his cartoon form hoist the World Cup trophy. And he just rolls his eyes and starts singing a song to himself saying... I'm not going to the World Cup. And I just I just think it's it's very good of his professionalism to, yeah. to make fun of himself not going to the World Cup. And he's, well, done a, he's done a similar thing for LA Galaxy, which is obviously his club, where it's just him answering all the phones, doing the coffees and everything in the office while everybody else is there watching the US national team. Ah, he should be working. Yeah, there. cool. Mm. Well, that's good. Good sport, Landon Donovan. Back to sort of the game. You mentioned the uh, the record for Tim Howard. There are a couple of sort of other things that I noticed from the game. Uh, Demarcus Beasley was frustrating because he I put him down as the Scott Chipperfield of the American team because he got into great crossing positions so many times. Every cross, first man. <laughs> Hit the first man. Very frustrating. Very frustrating. I thought you were about to say he was racist. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that checklist of people that are suing us? Do you just want to add one more name to it? That's <laughs> right. So, yeah, what we'll do is if he sues us, we'll just put it down as a hate crime because we all look the same to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that was frustrating, and uh, also we should probably talk about the Wondolowski mess in the the last minute of normal time, which well he should have scored, and and that would have been USA through. It wasn't it wasn't like as a half chance or even a three quarter chance. That was yeah, that's a goal. He's done incredibly well to not hit the target from mm, there. Mm, it mm. was at that point that I thought you know maybe it's not just Tim Howard, just the USA in general, are just experts at keeping the ball out of the goal. Yeah. This this go- bloke can take a surefire <laughs> goal and make sure that it's not. So, yeah, huge miss and very costly. And the the poor bloke will be reliving it for for many a year, no doubt. Oh, I actually heard he's just getting it tatted on his back. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. We should uh, also mention one thing that was annoying me uh, during the coverage was the fact that the Belgian coach brought on Romelu Lukaku, who then obviously played a big part, set up one goal, scored another, and that everyone was hailing the masterstroke. You know, how good was this masterstroke of coaching, tactical genius, well, who'd have thought bringing on your best striker would give you a good chance of scoring? Why didn't you just start? Well, there could be a reason. And I mean, I'm going to... A bit, bit of an obscure reference here because not many people, I assume, would follow us. But Lisa Devanna for Australia, the Matildas. Obviously, she plays for Victory, who now sponsored by Banking on Football. She was known back in the 2007 World Cup as a super sub. So she was one of the top three strikers in the world. She probably still is. 
but she refused to start because she believed that she could have maximum impact in the last 15 minutes of the game. So she'd come on, despite being the best player of the tournament, yeah. and just rip shit for the last 15 minutes. Well, Sir Alex Ferguson used to bring Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer on as a sub for that reason. He said that Solskjaer read the game better than anyone he'd ever seen, and he was actually more likely to score in 15 minutes having watched the first 75 minutes than if he brought him on from the start. Interpreted that means he can only run for 16. Probably, yeah. It reminds me of my cricket career. Like I say, like they tell me, open the batting pat, open the batting. I go, nah, I'll bat down the order. I'll bat 11. So when I come out to bat 11, I'll get out straight away. So it's obviously a good... Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what the relevance there was. We just everyone just know that Pat is now a rubbish cricketer. Yeah. Thanks, for, thanks for bringing that up. I sort of tell you. Also, I'd just like to bring to attention the uh, tattoo reference, which the Ellisons may not have got. So, so that was this SPS social hub last uh, this morning, where Hannah Hollis was talking about the Chilean player who hit the crossbar in the Pania. last minute. Pania. Yeah. He hit the crossbar, uh, which would have essentially threw. Unfortunately, because he hit the crossbar, went to penalties and they lost. So he got the miss tattooed on his back. And so, hence the reference, and she actually ended up asking uh, David Drillich if he had any tattoos, and he uh, quite correctly stated, if I had a tattoo of every miss I've ever made, I'd have no skin left. Yeah. <laughs> At least he's honest. Good form from Driller. I like that. He's a, a comedian. Of, yeah. He's getting funny. A bit of humour. So, one thing we should probably talk about, and it was really the the, the biggest moment of that uh, USA-Belgium game, the pitch invader. Have you ever seen less urgency from security to get a man off the field? It was like, oh, there's a man on the field. Yeah, he's still out there. And all the old security guards were sort of just going, oh, you know what it reminded me of? You know when a kid's screaming in the supermarket to try and get attention, but the parent pretends it's not happening? And if you go, your kid's screaming, and they'll go, he's just doing it for attention. Don't pay attention to him. He'll tire himself out. That's what I kind of felt like this streaker was doing. And I don't know if you saw, he was running along also on his 10 minutes he got on the pitch, which was ridiculous. He had a t-shirt saying that he does work to feed poor children in the favelas, mm. which, but all those children, of course, will now have to go hungry because he's got this massive fine that he's got to pay <laughs> spending all that charity money uh, for invading the pitch. So not the smartest move he's ever made in his career. No, no, because I don't think that excuse is really going to rub off. Otherwise, you'd get people just going, committing all sorts of crime and claiming that they're going to give that money to charity anyway. So Yeah, I think we need more pitch invaders. I like pitch invaders. They're great. They're I think great. Maybe not for like a World Cup knockout game, but, you know, like a one-day international cricket game when mm. no one sort of really cares that much about it. The Big Bash is a good one. Even A-League games. I'd like to see more pitch invaders. Absolutely. Just more women. Brazilian women. <laughs> Colombian. Even <Yes>. better. <laughs> There's, uh, I was at a Brisbane Raw game once, uh, and there was it was against Melbourne Victory, and they were about 3 or 4-0 up at the time, so the crowd was in a very good mood and there was a bloke who'd clearly, it was an evening game, he clearly had a few beverages in the afternoon and he decided it was time to get on the pitch. So he was a big lad and he jumped the fence and ran out and the other cheer went up and it was, as I said, a night time in Brisbane and quite humid. The grass gets a little bit dewy. So he was sort of losing his footing every time he changed direction. It looked like he was running on ice. Very, very funny. In the end, he got up and got up a real head of steam running in a straight line and tried to do a cartwheel. So he did, did the, like, the little skip and put his arms up above his head and slowly lowered himself into the cartwheel. As soon as his left hand hit, his leading hand hit the turf, it slipped out from under him. And with quite some considerable force, he mashed himself into the turf face first, which was, that's, that's why I like uh, pitch invaders. Mm. That was the highlight of the game for me. I can't remember any of the goals, but I'll remember that I for a long time. we needed a pitch invader in the um, Switzerland game, didn't we? Yeah, to spice it up. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had 11 pitch invaders who shouldn't have been there. <laughs> yeah. We oh. should... <laughs> oh, I like that. Actually, there was a pitch invader, I don't know if you saw, in the Socceroos matches. 
Yeah, uh, so Ben Halloran's now been charged uh, with, <laughs> with entering the playing service, and uh, it's $5,000 fine, and mm. three, he's got to pay three lots of it. Maybe that's why uh, the security didn't do anything about it. They just thought it was Ben Halloran. They went to get Ben Halloran early, and he claimed he was a player, so this guy is obviously, you know, actually better than Ben Halloran. He's obviously a player. <laughs> yeah, the security looked at him, and they said, are you going to get that guy? And the security said, why? What's he doing? And he said, oh, he's, he's just sort of been running around. He's not really doing much. And they said, oh, I'm pretty sure that's just Ben Halloran. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll come back with our favourite segment, the SBS Social Hub. Now, boys, the SBS Social Hub is the place to be on the internet to find out what's going on in the World Cup for all the yep. fan reaction. We've said it before. Yep. The sole broadcasting service in South Korea. Do a fine at, job. Yep, at SBS World Cup. Love their tweets. So I've got a, a few to read out for you here from uh, last night's action. So let's uh, go through with the, what was happening on the interweb talking about the game. So we'll start with the Argentina-Switzerland game. And SBS uh, World Cup tweeted a preview for the match. We translated, came across as, ahead of the game against Switzerland on penalties in the team being trained, one kilogram of the muscles of the brain is more important than the director of the Argentina team. <laughs> <laughs> That's good analysis. Hey, have you ever got that from Fox Sports? No, nope. no, no. Every other from SBS? Nope. No. But, I um, mean, just really, a kilogram of brain would probably be quite handy. Yeah, and it would be more important than the director of the Argentina team. So, and I'll tell you what, you don't just put a tweet out there like that with that controversy without getting a bite. And Yang came straight back, mm-hmm. hot off the press. But this is a commentary SBS Buck Myun song, not screaming when I do not get Obama. You taught viewer discomfort. So, ooh. Oh, it is heating up in I the mean, SBS social hub in oh, Korea. Wow. I think people just you know, don't know how good they have it in South Korea. Yeah. I mean, if they had our social hub, they'd be cheering and yeah. loving it. Yeah. Uh, then we move on to... Uh, oh, actually, no. There was one more uh, from the Argentina-Switz uh, game. And it was uh, hashtag Night Pele's match review. So, I assume he's different to Day Pele. <laughs> <laughs> Um, maybe, maybe night is night Pele the one that can't get it up, or is that Day Pele? Maybe night Pele can't get it up because Day Pele no, drinks too much. No, night Pele is just how Scotch Riverfield greets. <laughs> um, yes, the opposite is white Pele. So anyway, not from night Pele's match review, Pele of the night, go beyond the team. But if the situation is that individuals mesh. I look in upon and the same age of 93 monster born of physical force. And I tell you what, when I was watching that Argentina game, I was thinking, thinking to myself, you know, oh, did, tactically this game is missing 93 monsters. Uh, and then Messi came through with a bit of physical force. He's, he's bang on. That's mm, a great summary yes. of the match from Night Pelé. Do you reckon this is where Ned Zelich gets his, uh, <laughs> <laughs> gets his, yeah. gets his material from? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds very Ned Zelich-like. Very Zelko Kalak, I think. You know, the disformed sentences which don't quite make sense, but yeah. they're a little bit on the mark. Yeah, uh, Zelko's great quote from this World Cup is, this, for me, is the best World Cup that I've seen since I've been alive. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that was a joke. As opposed to all the World Cups he saw before he was alive. But then the SBS World Cup team retweeted a tweet from Rodam underscore Anne, which said, End of 16, extend, win five games in eight games. Article one with round of eight. Bravo, Ochoa, and Yema, probably, prior to Howard's show, (laughs) is no longer available. So, ooh, and ooh. I, I can see why they retweeted that because if you, someone sends you that sort of factual stuff, you've got to share that. <clears throat> and in response, of course, that uh, generated a response. Yang Il Joe wrote back, and Yang Il Joe's coming in off the long run here, boys. I've, I've got to tell you, he's he's coming with 
Brazil World Cup, Iran, question mark, and then he's listed six points that he wants to make, and he's numbered them one to six, right? So I'm going to go through. Number one, focused on the team is enamored with. That's all it says. So it, oh, that's maybe a cryptic one there. Maybe that's like a Les Murray kind of cryptic, poetic kind of thing. Point number two, last key depends on the Jangham. Yep. No, I think we can all concur with that one. No, Good point. I agree with that one. Uh, point three is just two words: European surfing. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> so like, didn't Craig Johnson used to play that game? Yes. <laughs> uh, point four is Mary subtitles herbal. <laughs> I, I spent a bit too much time in Nibbana. The, the, the thing is, uh, well, I'll finish the points because he's, he's obviously he's on the long run here. He's, he's fine. Point number five is alive and well in the mesh. So uh, I agree. And the uh, last one is just someone's name, King Jung Kun. I don't know. He's got some point. <laughs> he's got some bone to pick with him. But the thing is, they can't be this lost in translation. Surely there's got to be something along the lines of he's talking about European <laughs> surfing and subtitles with Herbal with Mary. So, it's just SBS. Yeah, it's, it's made for SBS. This is a classic SBS. And also, just one final one I thought was worth a mention. Lukaku, his goal celebration, kissed the camera, which is not uncommon, but obviously he went down quite a hit in South Korea because they said, extra time spent on goal Lukaku is plugged into sharp. The force of the ceremony to grab his camera a kiss, which oh, was a nice yeah. way it's to end it. It's a nice way to end it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. Now, I actually done a bit of research on SBS last night, and I actually found their YouTube channel after a very long search. <laughs> long search, yeah. <laughs> Through many, many different varied Asian websites, yeah, exactly. yeah. which your girlfriend may or may not approve. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't tell her that. And I listened to one of their, um, their clips where they preview a match early in the tournament, and I heard some interesting commentary. Oh, did you? Yes. All right, let's have a listen. I wasn't understanding what he was saying in that second part of that. <laughs> so, so just let me get this straight. The, the first voice was Driller, right? <laughs> John Luis, he's, he's, he's everywhere. <laughs> that, that's, I think that's single-handedly the best joke we've had. That surpasses the Spanish Aloisi joke. <laughs> the, the, the SBS. No wonder we haven't seen him for a couple of days. He's, been he's, in, he's, he's in Korea. <laughs> I don't even notice he was talking in English. They had him subtitled. Yeah. That's the SBS way. <laughs> Those yellow coloured subtitles. Oh, oh, we've got a guest. We, we've, got, yes, we've got to stop laughing because we need to make a phone call. We've got Melbourne Rebels rugby player Alex Roggenborough joining us right after this. Joining us on the line is Melbourne Rebels and Fijian international rugby player Alex Rockerborough. Thank you very much for joining us, pal. Thanks a lot for having me. Now, obviously, you're our second cross-code guest on the show this year, and uh, we've had uh, Lachlan Keith from the Collingwood Football Club on. So we'll start off by asking you what your football background is. Why have we got a rugby player on the podcast? Oh, well, like, gr- growing up in Adelaide, um, I was always always loved football. You know, I, I played growing up, and then you know, sort of got into rugby, but I've always, you know, really enjoyed watching football and, you know, if there's a soccer ball around, I'm always trying to get a get a touch. And what have you made of the World Cup so far, mate? Are you still following it now Australia's out? Oh, definitely. 
definitely. Um, I really was happy with the, how Australia went, but now they're out. I've been following. You know, I've always always been really a uh, big fan of the of the African team. So um, now they're now they're out. I don't really uh, don't really have anyone to go for. So I'll probably get on the Columbia bandwagon. Good bandwagon to get on, Columbia. Yeah, I think uh, they've got some got some great players there, that, uh, Rodriguez and and uh, a few others there. So you know, hopefully they can beat beat Brazil, I'll probably get up and have a look at that and uh, see what happens. I'll be making sure not to miss any Columbia matches for the rest of the tournament, um, yeah. mainly for the supporter reasons. Oh, oh 100%. You know, oh, I love watching the blokes run around down there, but when they scan across the crowd, that's not too bad either. Yeah, that, that's the highlights <laughs> package, actually. Um, that, at the end of the World Cup, when they release the DVD, I'm buying the fan one. Oh, most, yeah, definitely. I've already liked the paid fans of the World Cup, and there's a few Colombians getting around there that I wouldn't mind meeting up with sometimes. Excellent. Are there any rugby teams in Colombia you can maybe try and land a contract with? Oh, yeah, oh, I'd love to get down to South America. Sorry, Argentina is very good. Uh, good rugby side, so uh, if I could get a, get a club down there to go and play for, I think you wouldn't see me again. Maybe just organise for the Fiji and Rugby Union to do like a six-week tour of South America, mate. Put in, put, start putting in the word now and it might happen. It'd be, it'd be longer than six weeks, so you'd probably lose a few of the blokes over there, right? <laughs> <laughs> I understand you were born in, in Fiji, that's how you came about to, to play for Fiji, despite obviously the fact that you sound uh, very Australian and you're from Adelaide? I was, I was actually born in Adelaide, I spent you know the first couple of years of my life growing up in Fiji, but then moved back because mum's originally from uh, from Adelaide and so and dad's Fiji and so you know they settled settled in Adelaide and that's where I sort of you know I was a big Adelaide United fan so uh, I used to go to all their games but then you know sort of moved up to Brisbane and then rugby sort of took over a bit there but then I sort of changed my uh, my ways and went went for Brisbane Raw while they were while they were really good up there and I still go for them now but no I just I've, I've already always really loved football but. I found myself I was a bit better at rugby, so I went that way. So, mate, how do you uh, fit in watching the World Cup with your training commitments? Because like Lockie Keith was telling us that he has to sort of watch it in secret without letting his teammates know. Oh, it's uh, it, it, it is tough. You know, I had a I had a had a watch of a lot of the uh, the, the Australian games. Usually, what I do is uh, I'll I'll set my alarm, and you know, if if I can if I can get out of bed because it's quite cold in Melbourne at the moment, I'll I'll get up and watch it. But then sometimes I'll just wait and till the next morning and I've got the FIFA app so I'll just catch up with it there or get the highlights but you know coming into the finals quarterfinals I'll, I'll probably get up and watch these. What is it about football which means no matter what sport you normally follow you can still watch the World Cup? I think just with the with the amount of different countries because it's all, obviously football being a being a world game you know it's in it's in every country so whether it be the dominant sport in that country or maybe it be the second or even the third you know there's always a there's always a lot of people going for for their own team, and then when it comes to World Cup time, you know, it's it's a spectacle. It's probably one of the biggest things in to happen in the world every four years, you know, with the bar the Olympics. So I think everyone just just loves watching it, and it's a good celebration of you know countries and you know continents getting together just to to play a sport and something that everyone really loves. So it's good. And you've got experience with Europe. You you played in France for a while. Did you get over and experience much football while you're in in France? Uh, yeah, I got to watch. Uh, being being in Paris, I was a, I still am a bit of a PSG fan. So I, re- I remember I got to watch uh, PSG versus uh, Marseille, and that was that was a great game. You know, they talk about that's uh, a huge game that one. Yeah, yeah, they talk about passion in in rugby and other sports, but that was you know that was next level. You know, people singing, and it, it was it was quite. You know, I, I was I was struck back by how. You know, how how big of a, an event it was, and you know PSG got up that game as well. So I was I was happy that I was wearing the PSG jumper, and um, 
it was it, it was great. Yeah, the French the Frenchies really love their their football and their rugby, and they're passionate about both. So I was just really happy that I could get to a game, you know, get a ticket because they're very hard to come by. So. Uh, Obviously, uh, the Rebels, your current club, are just about to head off to South Africa, I believe, to to wrap up your season, which is a, another country that uh, has passions for for both codes. Yeah, well, the boys are about to head off there, so you know that trying to get us in the time zone for that's really good. So we need to be sort of up. They they want us up until about two o'clock in the morning, so that's good. So we can get up. So we're up watching the the football. So that that sort of keeps us up, which is good. But you know, it, I was in South Africa last year, and I managed to watch the Kaiser Chiefs play uh, one of the teams, in, the local team in Bloemfontein, just after we'd played there. And there was probably about maybe ten or so thousand for our game. And then I remember sitting in the uh, in the hotel lobby the next day, and a few of the few of the supporters from the Kaiser Chiefs were there, and they were. I was looking at the stadium, and it was just full. And I thought maybe it was at Soccer City or somewhere in you know, Jayberg. And they go, "No, that's Bloemfontein. That's the oval that you guys played at yesterday." And it was completely, completely sold out, wall to wall. So they, uh, they, they love their football over there, and they love their love their rugby as well. I, I would have loved if South Africa were in. I would have, I would have loved to have probably gone for them because I remember it was uh, Tooth or Booth. The uh, the bald headed bloke everyone used to yeah, Matthew Booth yeah no it's it, it's a great great country for sport and uh, the rebels as I mentioned the season's wrapping up but it's it's been another promising season for you guys you've made further steps uh, towards becoming one of the the big teams in the league yeah no definitely being the fourth year in the comp now we're sort of we, we're going to try and shake that new kids on the block tag and you know start putting some wins together and you know hopefully get a championship and then not too distant future the the blokes you know the, the squad and the coaches and everyone involved with the rebels at the moment are really you know really quite you know optimistic about you know the future and obviously rome wasn't built in a day so you know it's just about slave you know you've got to slave away now to sort of get a really good outcome down the track but i don't think we're too far off so you're there really looking forward to it i'm actually a queensland reds member myself so you had a really good win at suncorp stadium earlier this year but uh, we got you back on uh, friday night of last week <laughs> I stood next to uh, Scott Higginbottom at a Kings of Leon concert in Brisbane uh, not long ago, actually. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd, I'd probably have to get on his shoulders to uh, to, to be in the in the mosh pit down there. But, yeah, uh, I, I was thankful I was standing next to him, not behind him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you'd be yeah, you'd be wanting your money back if you were standing behind him. You wouldn't be able to get too much of a get too much of a view of the show. Uh, well, mate, you're an absolute champion for giving us so much of your time. Thank you very much for joining us to talk about uh, the World Cup. Finally, we'll just get one prediction from you about who you think is going to take it out. Oh, I can't go past Brazil, but in saying that, you know, I'd love I'd love Colombia to uh, to get up, and so yeah, I'll probably go. I'm going to say Colombia in an upset and go all the way. Brilliant, good on you, mate. Thanks for your time. All right, thank you very much. See you later. All the best. We'd like to thank our sponsors now, obviously Elite Personal Training, who've been with us from the start. Uh, call Dean on 0412-266-726 if you want to be as buff as Alexander Rockabara and uh, play for the Rebels. Yeah, or, or... cannot guarantee that you'll play for the Rebels, but you can certainly get yourself in pretty damn good shape with Dean. If, you're, if you, for example, if your club can't afford to send all your players to Elite PT, then sign up with SMG Australia, Sports Management Group, and they'll get you the sponsors so you can. 
Absolutely, good. And if you uh, do have a rugby team and you need your props to bulk up, send them to Brisbane and they can go eat a meter-long pizza out of River Deci's. So, uh, <laughs> fine establishment. And as we've mentioned a few times, we're looking forward to visiting next weekend. On the 12th. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we should probably wrap up by looking ahead to uh, the quarterfinal matchups because we're going to take a couple of days off because there's no football, which yeah. is quite sad. I know, it's bad enough listening to us when there is football on, so we might yeah. as well not talk when there's not. <laughs> yeah, this, the, the quality of this show would be so awful without football to talk about. <laughs> no, we really Having said that, we've, sp- we've spent very minimal time on today's show talking about football, but uh, quarterfinal matchups? Yeah, so first up we've got France versus Germany in a Battle of the Minnows, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, followed by Brazil-Colombia, so that's the Saturday morning matches. Oh, gee, it is hotting up now. We've got some big games to look forward to. So I'm going to ban you from watching the Colombia match because I want it to be entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies to everyone because I'm going to get up What's watching the anyway? ba- These games will go to extra time. Yeah, it's the, the, it's the general <laughs> theme of this World Cup. Exactly. Uh, mm. Great goals, entertainment, extra time. What's crazy about all eight quarterfinalists were the eight group winners, which is amazing. Yeah, and that's the first not time, one runner-up. Yeah, first time in World Cup history that's ever happened. Yeah. So obviously the other... Is that, is that a Liz Murray stat? Yeah, it's right up there. <laughs> no, no. If I was listening, I'd just tweet about the possession stats of each of the eight group winners. Yeah, you, yeah, you would just say that all 100% of the group winners hold possession of a place <laughs> in the quarterfinals. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Craig Foster would say, all of all the group winners, Messi was the best player. <laughs> <laughs> we're going off topic again. This we're, show's we're, getting way too long, so we yeah. should probably wrap it up. So Netherlands-Costa Rica is 6am Sunday, preceded by Argentina versus Belgium, all of which will be amazing games, which so Jack isn't allowed to watch any, and we get to watch all of it. Cool. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in and putting up with us for the whole show, and we hope that you enjoyed it, and we'll see you in a couple of days' time. I've been Jack Quigley. Christian Leyland is saying goodbye as well. Goodbye, everybody. And Pat is saying goodbye as well. See you is, is what he's actually saying. You've been listening to the Football Sack Podcast for Brazil, brought to you by Banking on Football.